Listening to Cannabis Health Radio. Here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. Our guest today has had to deal with cancer in his family. His wife was diagnosed with cancer in August of last year and given three months to live. And also last year, his father-in-law was diagnosed with brain cancer and given six months to live. Joining us from England to tell their stories is Stephen Cox. Stephen, great of you to do this. We very much appreciate it. No problem at all. Nice to speak to you. Now, let's start with your wife being diagnosed with breast cancer first in 2012 while she was pregnant. Tell us about that. Yeah, she was um, obviously uh, being pregnant was a big, big um, issue when we found out that she was uh, that she had cancer. You know, we basically found out as, um, there was a physical lump there. So obviously it was a worrying time, especially um, also added pressures of her being pregnant as well. Um uh, sort of got her checked over as soon as we could, and unfortunately, we found out that it was uh, was breast cancer. As you can imagine, it was a difficult time finding out that you know you hear the word cancer anyway, but then also um, the treatments that they had uh, lined up ready for her was um, we'd also got a little one to think consider as well. So um, yeah, it was a pretty stressful time to say the least. Did she undergo any treatment, uh, chemotherapy treatment? Yes, she did. She had uh, she had actually had a mis- uh, mastectomy while she was pregnant to take away the uh, the affected breast, uh, and then she had um, six cycles of chemotherapy while she was pregnant. So um, you know we had to jump on and get it sorted as quick as we could. The they, the doctors didn't um, elaborate too much on you know the risks to as regards the pregnancy. Um, it was sort of pretty much. Um, down to us really if we wanted to continue with the pregnancy or um you know terminate and continue but we decided to to go through with the pregnancy and the chemotherapy and um uh, luckily our little boy arrived and he was perfectly perfectly fit and well so that was uh, that was uh, a big relief to say the least absolutely yeah he's fine that's good now yes yes after the mastectomy and then the chemotherapy and your wife was she declared cancer free at the time Yes, yes, she said um, there was no signs of anything in her lymph nodes or anything like that, and uh, it was all sort of um, pretty good diagnosis, really, you know, as regards there'd be little chance of any sort of reoccurrence of it happening uh, in the future. So, you know, we would sort of put it behind us and try and get on with life. So, Stephen, that was in 2012, and yes. uh, last year, tell us what happened then. Well, my wife, she actually works in the uh, medical profession. She um, works in the operating theatres. You know, a couple of weeks previous to her, um, us uh, finally realising what's going on, she uh, she was complaining of um, uncomfortableness in her stomach and um, whatnot, and she'd been to our uh, GP, and um, <laughs> they'd put it down to um, excess stomach acid. So they were giving her some sort of anti um, um, yeah, antacids. Antacids. Yeah, antacid. Yeah, antacid. Yeah, antacid. 
things to try and put it get it under control but unfortunately that uh, that didn't work um and she was still working at the time but as i say working in operating theaters and unfortunately she collapsed at work luckily she was obviously uh, on on the hospital premises so they took her round to a and e and um gave her an ultrasound on her abdomen and was referred for a, an urgent scan um and then unfortunately the she the ct scan showed that she had liver metastases so it had basically come uh, secondary cancer from her liver cancer from her original breast cancer in that was in 2012 that so, must have been a hell of a shock for your family definitely yeah yeah we, you know we'd um, we'd just got the we'd actually moved to the other end of the country for a fresh start after um, what happened in 2012 and things were looking great and then um, unfortunately uh, you know we got this to come to our door if you like it was uh, pretty tough to say the least and and then obviously we had the diagnosis from how bad it was um it was uh, obviously uh, as i mentioned to you that it was inoperable and um but only palliative chemotherapy was uh, offered and she they sort of get our uh, i guess that she had maybe sort of three months or so to live so Wow, a big, big shock compared to you know we we got this fresh start with our with our children and everything sort of uh, ahead of us um, and big turnaround you know it was a uh, tough going to say the least so yeah how many kids do you have Stephen we have four in total yeah we have four in total ranging from uh, twenty one uh, seventeen in a couple of days. 12-year-old girl and little Sam, the four-year-old boy. Four-year-old boy. Yeah. Now, after your wife was given three months to live, a terrible yeah. prognosis, uh, what happened next? Well, I was sort of, um, as, you, as you know, with my father-in-law, we'd already been down the, uh, the, the oil route before, so my first thing to do was... Obviously, you take on board what the oncologist uh, plan was. That, as I say, it was just palliative chemotherapy, and um, we knew what was ahead of us as regards to that because she'd had it before with a previous uh, cancer, and because we'd seen um, the oil and the diet work so well for her father, it was uh, basically my decision and her decision as well, just to get sort of taking get the oil into a system as soon as we can. Um, so that was pretty much it. She was doing her chemotherapy, but also doing oil alongside it as well, which had its benefits with the um, side effects of the chemotherapy as well. So it was a no-brainer for us, you know. Her father and um, we may talk about it in a, in a sec. Mm-hmm. Uh, her father was um, had a you know a stage four uh, glioblastoma brain tumor, which comes with pretty much a death sentence itself. Um, but to see him now, it's it's amazing. He's completely, it's it, I, you know, I just can't put it into words. That nothing our, that our NHS or specialists or oncologists over here that offer us, it couldn't even prolong his life, let alone you know, do what we what we hope we've done. We've seemed to have cleared it completely. It was like I say, it was a, as regarding Lisa, it was a it was a no brainer. You know, we were going to go down the same road, and and kick this the way that we think we could or had in the pre uh, previously and how did she respond to taking the oil and and doing the other things you talked about coffee enemas as well yes yeah, so yeah that's uh, 
that was something that she wasn't too keen on doing to start with because it was obviously something that she'd never had to do before and it's not a you know it's not a particularly enjoyable practice let's say no but um we found taking the oil um you do really have to sort of um cleanse your system afterwards you know you, 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 at least once we were sort of doing it twice a week just to flush out all the toxins and all the all the dead cells that the chemotherapy um introduce into your system after the first one she felt you know she felt refreshed and um and energized compared to what she did before before she actually did any of those and uh, any of the enemas at all so unfortunately my wife was um struggled a little with the with the thc oil as regards the high um she'd never had anything to do with uh, cannabis in any shape or form in in a in her younger years if you like mm-hmm. um so um taking it orally to start with was a bit of a shock to her system because obviously the oil we're using is um is a very high concentrate um and it's got everything that you need sort of in it for its cancer fighting properties so there was a lot of um anxiety and and all the sort of um negative sides of uh, cannabis use so as regards to thc that was taken uh, in in suppository form uh but then also the the, the cbd side of the oil ratio she was on was uh, taken orally because obviously you don't get the, the the high effect from that and so that's how she sort of progressed on and uh, she did re- she's done really well she's still taking it at the moment now she's she's done her 90 days but because it hasn't completely gone yet um she's going to continue for a little longer now and, and we'll see how we go with further scans and blood count tests and stuff to see how if we're still heading in the right direction Stephen, what were her tumor markers like when she finished chemotherapy and then uh, after she had done cannabis oil? Um, to start with, her CA markers were 153 at six weeks into her chemotherapy. And then when she started, uh, after the six weeks, she was still doing uh, the, the chemotherapy. She started, uh, she finished the chemotherapy, that's right, and then she uh, started the oil and they were at 108 and now they're actually down to 24. So the yeah. last six weeks, yeah. So the last six weeks on doing just the oil alone, they've they've dropped dramatically to, uh, as I say, to 24. So I'm um, I'm pretty pretty sure that uh, the oil is is doing exactly what we were hoping to. So you know, ha- they've, they've. Sorry, Stephen. I was just going to ask: Has she stopped her chemotherapy completely? Yes, she has at the moment. Yeah, the, the, as a, um, the oncologist was uh, asking her to come back every couple of months just to to see how she was getting on. Uh, she asked for a break from chemotherapy because she worked, She was having it every week, and she wanted a, to because her father and mother and father live in, in Greece, so she wanted to nip over to see them. So she asked for a for a break from the chemo. When I had a holiday, came back and the blood results. While she was away, the blood results came back, and the, the doctor asked us, uh, the oncologist asked her to go back uh, for a little bit of a meeting. So we were, you know, sort of dreading what was what was coming as regards the results of her bloods and uh, the most recent scan. And he, he seemed uh, quite uh, sort of amused and puzzled to how she was doing so well, considering she hadn't had chemo for the last six weeks. Do they so, know what um, she's doing? 
No, the, the, as I've, the trouble is, in, as you're probably aware, in the UK, it's uh, it's uh, illegal to use the THC side of the oil, um, and unfortunately, what they tend to do, the medical profession in this country, is because they've got no sort of um, data or any um, anything on uh, on how the cannabis works. There's no tests or any evaluations on it. That they just they just straight away deny that it has any help or any benefits to you at all. And then they try and tell you that running it alongside chemo and, and radiation therapy and stuff like that would uh, would uh, cloud their results. So they would be unsure of whether it's what they're doing. You know, if something detrimental happened to their health, the patient's health, they they try it. They would say that you know they they would. Um, be unsure whether it was their treatment or what we were doing so i know full well that it's more than safe to run alongside both chemotherapy and radiotherapy because because of what happened uh, what we did with her father and many other people i've spoken to so we just decided not to uh, not, not to, to inform them of what we were doing yeah yeah no it wasn't necessarily too much to do with the legal side of it because obviously there's a they they obviously can't uh, there's a confidential um, issue they can't speak to anybody about what we were doing so it was more just to do with we just like them to get on with what they're doing, and we could get on with what we're doing because obviously, if they 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 could have said there is there you know there is a time and a place for chemotherapy. I think you know, um, and I didn't want them to take that away from Lisa. While you know we're trying to you know get this uh, sorted as quick as we can. Mm-hmm. It helps shrink things, so then the, can- the the cannabis oil can then has got a smaller surface area or a smaller area itself to um, to to do its magic on. So it's I, I, I think it's you know the only sort of therapy we've got available in this country is is a, you know chemotherapy, radiotherapy. So you have to take it. Yeah. But then you, you can do oil alongside and the diet and the enemas and everything else that, and, and it comes as a package really, and, and you've given yourself the the best fighting chance, I believe. That's my. Uh, Stephen, how does your wife life. feel today? My wife feels brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right. Oh, yeah. She's yeah. She's she's um, as I say from the last sort of scan results and blood markers. You know, sort of. Uh, the, the way that the uh, oncologist reacted, you know, he's extremely pleased with her progress. You know, she shouldn't be anywhere near as doing as well as she is at the moment. It's it's all positive. So she's come away, and um, you know, she's feeling great. You know, she she had she had some devastating news that she may not be here in three months' time, and yet she's feeling, you know, on top of the world. Top Psy- of the world. Psychologically, is she feeling uh, much better than she was when she got that devastating news that she had three months to live, and she knows oh, she's on the road to recovery? Oh yes, massively, complete, completely different. Um, it's um, to to see her how she was and to how she is now. It's just polar opposites. Polar opposite. She's got a new, she's got a new lease of life. She just wants to go out and do things. You know, she was very. Um, sort of as you can probably imagine uh finding out that she only may have a short term to live we've got young children that she was worried you know that she she may not be around to see them grow up and and all the things that you know you, you look forward to as a parent and it was quite a thing for her to you know she was keep keep sort of talking about that sort of thing when she was very upset in the start at the start but we haven't had that conversation for months now you know it's it's all positive all looking forward she wants to go to places and and it's just 
you know, it's how we should have been when we first moved down to this area before the cancer appeared. You know, we were all excited about this new start in life. It's, you know, it's took, um, took a while getting here, but, uh, yeah, she's she's completely different, completely different. That's good to hear. And if she if she starts to complain about having to take the coffee enemas, remind her that we interviewed a woman in Vancouver, British Columbia, who had a, a double mastectomy. She did, yeah. she did five coffee enemas a day for one year. Didn't miss one. D- didn't miss one. <laughs> that, that's commitment. <laughs> that, that's commitment. Bringing it to a whole new level. Stephen, tell there. us tell us a little about your uh, father-in-law. How did he first stumble upon cannabis? That was my doing. <laughs> my father-in-law is is now seven uh, seventy-one in a couple of weeks. Actually, he was diagnosed when he was sixty-nine. Uh, and it was a, pretty much the same thing, you know, he, uh, he had scans and stuff and uh, he was basically told that you, you've got this large tumour in your brain, we can remove up to 90% we think, but then unfortunately due to the nature of the, the type of cancer you've got, it's going to be um, growing back pretty rapidly. Um, I'd already heard, heard things as regarding cannabis oil and, and how effective it can be on, on, on cancer. So I just did a little bit more uh, research, and the more I read and the more I um, looked into it, it was a, it was a viable um, action to sort of follow. So it was quite tough, to be honest, to, to sort of um, explain to a, 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 an elder, let's say, about the, how it could help him because he was sort of of the ilk that, oh, no, no, it's drugs, so I've never yeah. done drugs that... And it and it was it was quite tough going to sort of you know explain to them that that's not what it's all about. This is a medicine. It's not it's not to uh, um, not to get to high get, to get high or or you're not going to go and uh, progress onto heroin and things like that. You know because that's what sometimes the the older generation think. I and get- once he sat down, sorry, no, go ahead. And and once I sat down and showed him a few. Um, things to to read through and uh, he gradually sort of put aside the idea of it being a street drug and more of a sort of natural remedy and um sort of medicine and once he'd heard that other people had managed to sort of help help um cure cancers and especially the type that he had as well uh he said right that's it he said that's something i've got to do he said I- i'm 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 fitting well I- i'm not ready to go yet so and that's what we did we we sort of um found a soul and he did just three months and his is gone and they had given him six months to live yes yeah yeah, yeah. between six six and nine if he was very lucky because it was it was a it was a quite a very aggressive cancer and, and where it was it was uh, they said you know we need you to come back in sort of four months time post-surgery um because there, there will be regrowth and we need to see whereabouts it's regrowing uh, as because it may start affecting your your sight your hearing your motor skills and things like that it, when he went for his uh, four month scan afterwards they actually asked him to have another scan because they thought there was something wrong with the machine i love it uh, and then they came in and then they came to us and said well you know and they looked pretty pretty puzzled and said it's gone you know what have you been doing and he said oh i've just been you know living a bit healthy obviously again he didn't say what he was doing and they just like they're sort of blown away because the the type he had he it either should be as i say coming back rather sharpish or should have already finished him off and here we are nearly 12 months down the line and he's he's doing great he really is. He's back to. F- he's probably healthier than he was to start with. To be honest, a lot more relaxed, and you know, he's 
he had arthritis as well in his hands, which now is usually in the winter time. He sort of suffers with it. That's also uh, dissipated this time. This this winter just gone, and he's been far happier. So, yeah, that's very. That, that's an interesting story. You also mentioned that your father-in-law took fifteen drops of frankincense oil per day. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Tell us the reason behind that. From what I'd, I'd read, it was only something sort of, uh, we were sort of trying to throw anything at, because obviously I was a, well, I'm still a novice, but at the start, Lisa's father was, Dave was um, sort of the, the guinea pig, if you like. <laughs> um, I'd heard that the Horyuji, uh frankincense oil helps you absorb a lot more of the um, cannabinoids into your system. So, and it also helps relax and mood and, and just generally helps, helps you feel a lot better. But what we did find with using the, the frankincense oil was he never had chemotherapy, he had radiotherapy. Well, along with radiotherapy, you get, um, I'm sure you're aware you can get some really terrible headaches. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I know people who've had radiotherapy before and, and experience these awful headaches. Um, whilst he was taking the frankincense oil, uh, he never had a single headache. He flew through his, um, uh, he had four weeks of radiotherapy, quite intense radiotherapy. Um, and he never moaned about it, anything at all once. He used to go in, have his 10-minute session and come out and get on with the rest of his day. It, it never affected him at all. It took away the fatigue as well from the radiotherapy. He never felt tired. He was He was just completely different to people how I'd seen before and that was I'm, I'm adamant that that was down to the um, down to the frankincense oil hmm. do you know what percent of THC was in the oil that he took I'm not 100% sure on, on the one that he took but um, I know it was of high quality it was it was uh, it was from a very trusted source hmm. was it hard to so find I know it was uh, in this country, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very, very difficult, very difficult. There's only a, a couple of ways you can do it, really, in this yeah, country. You I know there's a lot of scammers in the UK. Holy. Oh, a massive amount, massive amount. And I feel so sorry for the people that have, you know, put you know, put their heart in and, and just been ripped off, basically. It's it's disgusting. You know, that's that's unfortunately the way of the world. But I was lucky enough to get in touch with a, with a person who's... Um, trusted and i've uh, i was put in touch with him regard uh, through somebody else so um met the met the person and you know real genuine guy mm-hmm. and, um, he's helped us you know twice now with my father and my father-in-law and also my wife so yeah, yeah it's, i just wish it would become more available and yeah. you know illegal, more illegal i don't yeah. i yep. don't think for a minute in this country it's going to be for a long time yet but you know let's hope so let's hope yeah um now you had your father-in-law on a four to one ratio thc to cbd correct that's right yes yeah and um as i say he did uh, he did the 90 grams of oil 60 grams of oil over the 90 days uh, alongside a no sugar organic diet and the frankincense oil and within four months completely clear all gone how did he react to the oil he because he had he was um being an elderly gentleman he wasn't too um quite stubborn he wasn't too happy about the um doing anything suppository wise so um he did 
all of his orally. Mm-hmm. Um, so to be honest, for the for the first sort of month or so, he was getting his uh, tolerance levels up. He uh, struggled, to be honest, not not in a. He struggled with uh, keeping awake, basically. You know, he had some quite um, fun times because he, he stopped with us while we were doing the um, regime. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he was, you know, he was very happy and, uh, you know, with his grandchildren and laughing and singing and dancing. And and then, uh, obviously, as you're getting into the stronger sort of um, doses of it, he was spending the majority of the time asl- um, asleep, which, you know, is um, no bad thing because... A lot of uh, sleep is sleeping after surgery and, and everything he was going through was uh, part of the healing process. I'd say that was the only negative side effect of it, was uh, basically just the, um, you know, the, uh, you're taking a massive amount of um, strong THC, you're going you're gonna to feel a bit, a little woozy, let's say. You yeah, uh, certainly are, yeah. Does he, does, yeah. He ta- does he take a maintenance dose, Stephen? He does now, yes, yeah. He takes um, uh, what's he take now? He takes two rice grains a week of of combined THC and CBD. A week? Just yes, a week, yes. Yeah, I, I wonder if maybe just just a suggestion, but I think that if that were me, I would be upping that to maybe. Oh, try, right, okay. Try doing that every night, or at least, or half of that amount every night. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, uh, you know, uh, certainly in my experience, it's really important to keep that cannabinoid level up in your system. If he's only doing it once a week, he's having a real fluctuation in the cannabinoid levels. Oh, okay. Yeah, so maybe make a suggestion to him about that, because I'd really hate to see this come back. And I know we have talked to people before that once they stop that maintenance dose, boom. Oh, right. oh, great! Yeah. I'm glad you told me that. Then, yeah. see, I, I was, I was, I was told, I was told uh, that that would be a sort of um, useful sort of dose to be doing, but um, obviously not. No, I'm, I'm pleased you told me that. Thank okay. you, Stephen. When you mentioned your father-in-law, you said he took 15 drops of frankincense every day. Yes. Did Did your wife take the same thing? She did for a while, but then unfortunately, because it's an, an oral sort of. Um, uh, you take it mixed in in water. Mm-hmm. Um, the, some of the side effects of the the chemo that she was having, the, the uh, paxitaxel drug that she had, gave her quite severe mouth ulcers. So um, she found that whilst taking the um, frankincense oil, it was irritating her mouth too much to continue. So unfortunately, she had to stop doing it, um, which was a shame, really, because you know, as I say, it does have its benefits, but. There's no other way, unfortunately, of taking that. You can you can burn the the resin oil um, as a as sort of like a candle, if you like. But um, um, as regards taking any more into a system orally, she, we had to sort of uh, abstain from that because it was quite quite strong and uh, very irritant to to her mouth. You see. Do your older children know what their mother and grandfather were taking? Yes, they do. Yeah. How yeah. Do, how do they feel about it? Um, well, my eldest daughter, she's coming up 21, and she's actually studying to to be a criminal barrister. So when we first mentioned about oil, and uh, she's obviously aware that it's illegal, she was quite sort of um, against the idea. But once I'd explained to her, similar to what I did to her grandfather, on how it actually works, she sort of uh, came around to the idea. So, uh, and I'm uh, my all my uh, well, obviously my little boy's only four. He doesn't understand, but my twelve-year-old girl and my 
16-year-old girl know exactly what we're doing, and I don't personally think there's a problem in telling them what we're doing. It may be illegal in this country in in in, in the form that it is, but uh, once they realise that or understand how it helps and what it can do, I just think that I'm only educating them. No, I think you're absolutely right, and I think it's an educational process to encourage others to educate themselves about the medicinal use of cannabis, because as we've mentioned on this program many times, the recreation side of cannabis gets a lot of uh, publicity and negative publicity as well. Yeah, and uh, even though it, you know, the recreational side does have benefits because it has been shown in states in the United States which have legal recreation and medical marijuana that the alcohol consumption is decreased. Yeah, and yeah. I was talking to a criminal lawyer the other day, and I uh, he knows uh, what I do, what Corey and I do on this podcast, and yeah. he was saying I've never had to defend a client who did something, uh, a criminal act, while on marijuana. I said, mm-hmm. I've had lots on on alcohol, but nobody on no. marijuana. No, no, no. And a, and a, and a side note, in, in 2015, I had a, a quite a nasty traffic accident. I was physically okay. I walked away from it pretty much unscathed. But um, for sort of three months afterwards, I, I ended up with sort of post-traumatic stress. It was... Um, quite a quite an experience you know i i was very lucky to walk away from the accident and i had to have some therapy and i was uh put on some medication from my doctors and it was awful um i'd I'd, i'll be honest when i was in my in my youth i used to um smoke a little cannabis now and again nothing like the strengths that are around these days it was you know it was homegrown sort of stuff or to be honest it was the that's what got me out of my post-traumatic stress this time yeah, I believe I, uh, that. Yeah, that's no, that's I, great. I, I stopped taking the uh, mind-bending drugs that the doctor insisted I was taking, and just just um, had one very small uh, special cigarette a day, and there I was. I was uh, within. I was on the medication for three months, and I knocked it on the head, and I smoked a little bit of cannabis, and within two weeks, my mood had lifted, I was leaving the house, I was driving again, because I was too frightened to before, and never looked back. Oh, that's great to hear. Stephen, it was a a pleasure to talk to you, and it's good news that your wife and your father-in-law are on the road to recovery, and uh, it's wonderful that uh, you are educating people about the use of cannabis for medicinal purposes. Thank you very much. No, thank you. Thank you. It's been lovely to talk to you, both. Thank you. Very much appreciated, Stephen. No problem at all. Thank you. That's it. Another edition of Cannabis Health Radio. If you'd like to be interviewed on Cannabis Health Radio, send us an email at info at CannabisHealthRadio.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio podcast. Visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, I'm Gary, and I invite you to discover the Cannabis Podcast. 
a bi-weekly podcast focused on a Canadian's cannabis culture. I would be the Canadian, and my cannabis passion and culture has been building for five decades. I share that passion for this wonderful plant in every episode, through conversations with cannabis advocates and enthusiasts, stories about the ever-changing legal environment, and some hands-on testing of product in a segment I call Cultivar Corner. The Cannabis Podcast, a Canadian's cannabis culture, one token at a time.